Hey guys, this is David. Uh, JP is traveling today, but we wanted to give you a quick message and public service announcement before you listen to this week's conversation. Last week, we posted a conversation on biblical womanhood. And in response to that, we received multiple messages from some friends that we trust, suggesting there may not have been as much clarity around certain things as we would have liked. So we pulled that podcast down, and because we're in such a crazy season preparing for our annual launch retreat, which is next weekend, we plan to examine that conversation more fully after launch and post a follow-up, as well as possibly re-release last week's conversation. All that to say, thanks for listening. Hope this is helpful. Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. Welcome to Views from the Porch. It's your boy, JP, and I am here in the podcast studio with two dear friends of mine. You will never guess who they are. That is right. It is me, David J. Marvin. David J. Marvin. That's right. At Yahoo.com. And, <laughs> and it's me, Elena Haas. Elena Haas. Come used to be on, Elena baby. Anderson. Elena Anderson. So did you upgrade or downgrade? <laughs> Upgrade. What do you think? You upgraded a husband for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Upgraded yeah. A, husband. a downgraded name, I think. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, you at least objectively no moved back in the alphabet line. I do like the whole first letters matching. I'm considering that for our children. You know, A A. Hey, but Lane enough Anderson. about you. Yeah. No, what no, are we me. here to talk about? We're here to talk about, dude. I'm excited about this conversation. We're going to talk for the next 25 minutes about men, biblical manhood, masculinity. And uh, what God's word says as it relates to men and the roles that they should play and and um, everything in between. It's awesome. I love it. Let's go, dude. So let's start about this. What is uh, what's some of the messaging that culture is throwing at men? Yeah, you got to be strong, uh, courageous, masculine, uh, breadwinner, um, a conqueror. You know, how many girls have you slept with? How much money do you have? You yep. need to be successful. Um, it's all about. Uh, accessorizing the narrative. Here's what what makes a man a man. Yep, doesn't cry, doesn't show emotion, knows how to fix things. Is um, you know really really strong. There's probably some other uh, other messages that that uh, come as well. It's so interesting because I'm, I'm both the man and the women. I, there's I hear things I want to lean into because I do think there's an overcorrection. And so you just said like doesn't stro- show emotion, and yet I think also there's this uprising of. The hyper feeler is the man, and you know, here's what a man is today, and and he's pretty yeah. and weak and passive, and so it's hard because we we literally, I think, are, are like sitting right in the middle of a culture war, culture war, where that you have the clash of what was and what will be, and there's just like we're in the middle of the fighting, dude. It's the alpha male and the beta male. And both are both need to be replaced with the Christ male. So what I did there, ABC, that's a Jesus juke, people. Yeah, it was. Good one. But there is a, um, <laughs> have you heard those terms before? Yeah. Alpha yeah. male, sure. beta male? I haven't heard of beta male, but. Oh, totally. I it's know about there. the alphas. It's David's a, a beta male. <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's offensive. It's like a beta fish. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty sparkly in the bowl. <laughs> it's got uh, long hey, fins. Here's the one thing I say. I know you have a son. I have a son. We're both as men. Um, you're married to a man. Um, Elena, yep. and uh, it it there's an attack going on on men um, that uh, I think is is um, is really toxic to society. The future of just our world, I think, is is going to be um, hurt because 
society has, they're attacking everyone, but they for sure are attacking men. Men are not graduating high school at rates, anything close to what women are. They're not graduating college. The Boy Scouts, they took away the stinking Boy Scouts. It's just the Scouts now. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. It's sad. It's a tragedy. I was a wee below. I know you were. Tender, um, tender toe. Tinder, I think it's tenderfoot, but I always said tender toe. All right, dude, let's talk about it, man. What is what is God's design, or what does He say the qualities of a man should be? Well, I think I was, I've always thought about like what is masculinity. So that's what I'd ask our listeners to think about: what is masculinity? If we listed it out on a whiteboard, I think we would. You'd list out strength, and you'd list out um, you know courage and. Uh, someone who speaks out and all of those things. What I see in the scripture, I, I heard someone say this, Ricky Shillette said this at the porch once, that masculinity is the ability to bring order. And so when God puts Adam, a man, in the garden, he says, hey, I want you to begin to name the animals. Um, I want you to work the garden. Uh, I want you to bring order order to what is around you. And so masculinity by a biblical definition is the ability to bring order. That's good. Yeah. The, but wait, order out of chaos. Can't women bring order as well? Sure. So is but that I think I think I think in your question is the fundamental problem that I see in the culture is the second that you say, hey, this is what it means to be a man, it's this like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. I can do that too, and we can do the same. It's like uh, a woman is is gentle, nurturer, kind, in spirit. Wait, wait, can can a man be a nurturer? Can he not take care of the kids? Well, hold on. When you say one thing, it doesn't mean that that the opposite uh, can't be true, or that the other. You know that the uh, when you say a man does this, it can't mean that a woman doesn't do it. That that's the problem. Like that attitude in our culture. I know you're just representing the culture as you speak up. Um, that is the issue that we sit in. That That is like the defining the war as I'm talking about it. It's good, man. I mean, maybe it's it's uh, they help lead the charge in bringing order out of chaos or uh, they are, um, and I think women, uh, you know, clearly my wife is more orderly than I am, depending on what you mean by that. But they're a part of uh, creating structure, taking chaos and creating order. Some other qualities. I mean, here's some that you listed out in uh, Welcome to Adulting that I think is a good succinct list that pulls from some of the qualities to look for in a husband, that a, a godly man is these, this comes from JP's book, uh, that he's honest. That comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 6. He's kind. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. He's selfless. Ephesians 5, 25. He's diligent. That's Proverbs 12, 24. A godly man's patient. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. He's courageous. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, he's gentle. 1 Timothy 3, verses 2 through 3, God calls men to be gentle. Uh, he's submissive to authority. Hebrews chapter 13, 17, he's faithful. Proverbs 20, verse 6, and a godly man is committed first and foremost to Christ. Galatians chapter 2, chapter 5, sorry, verse 22 through 25. So, but I've never heard that definition before on, on God created men to bring order. To bring order. I think that's, that's yeah. a, a good one. Say but definitely when you think in, in terms of the home and at work, um, that that is an aspect of masculinity is uh, the ability or the calling to bring order. Yeah. Um, so, what are some of the roles and responsibilities that that a man has within the church? Well, I, before you said in the church, what was going through my mind is you know to protect and to provide. I was thinking in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but in the church, I, you know, I think his response, I don't know if Let's there's broaden something. it. Let's broaden it. The roles and responsibilities God has given uniquely to men within Scripture. So, yeah. And so I think when you start saying uniquely, again, I want to I fight against or um, fight against the wrong word, pacify the person who says, you're saying only a man can? Yeah, that's good. No, that's I'm saying we live idea. in a fallen world. So the world is not as it should be. And in a perfect world, what I like to think about is, hey, in a perfect world, what roles will we play in a perfect world? As Christians, we're, we're building the kingdom, we're redeeming, we're, we're reversing the curse, we're ambassadors of another kingdom, God's kingdom. And so what does it look like to reverse the curse? And a, a, an aspect of someone saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, a, 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 a man can do that too, or a woman can do that too, that is evidence of the curse. Yeah. And so as we begin to talk through the ideal, it doesn't mean that a woman can't do this. Um, it doesn't mean um, that she shouldn't do this, but it, it just is kind of returning to the, hey, in an ideal world, a pre-fall world, a pre-sin world. Um, and so uh, I think a man um, you know, plays uh, the role of a leader. He, um, as I was saying earlier, he protects, um, he provides, um, he uh can play the role of, of teaching a, a mixed gender audience. Um, the the scriptures we see that is reserved an office reserved for the, for a man in First Timothy three, a husband of one wife. Um, and all your your pronouns are, um, you know, he, him, his. So, mm-hmm. I wonder if cultivate is another word there that that may relate to what part of the role God has given to men, particularly in the garden. First great commission that God has: go, be fruitful, multiply. Um, fill the earth and subdue it, and also just to cultivate as it relates to when when Paul says that a husband's responsibility is to cultivate almost or to care for his wife in such a way that he presents her blameless on that day before Christ, and so that you and I have a responsibility at least with our wives and um, to help strengthen and encourage and cultivate her relationship with Christ and uh, to cultivate in the world around us bringing order out of chaos. I wonder why we get so worked up over the, the the fact that we're different. It's almost like a denial that we're different. Well, let me ask, let me ask you, Elena, do you think men and women are different and how? <laughs> That's a really, um, wow. Yeah, I definitely think they're different. I know, I'm committed to not putting um, you on the spot. I'll, I'll ask you, more, on the I'll ask you yeah. a more pointed question. Okay. Are men stronger than women? I think as if you surveyed the land and a general consensus would be physically, men are stronger. Yeah. You, you, you think? No, they don't. I mean, I think, yes. Without a doubt, do matter not, of fact, I matter there's of fact, no, no men are stronger. For sure. Yeah. And so, and I think there's a, and I, I start with that one because I think that's the controversial one. It's like, yeah, and they use it to oppress us. And it's like, and it's sin, and that's wrong. And that oppression is is not consistent with who God is or who he calls us to be. And we're supposed to use that strength to serve you, to care for you. Um, to set you up for success, to present you pure and blameless, as my friend said. Yeah. Uh, why? What makes you think that the world doesn't like the idea that they're different? I think we're constantly trying to make it the same. You know, as we talk about the gender spectrum, and you, you started with the getting rid of Boy Scouts. It's like, hey, if there's Boy Scouts, why, why does it, it got to be Boy Scouts? Uh-huh. Why can't it just be, it can be any Scouts, and, and we're trying to, to remove... Um, we're trying, it's just, it's like we're, we're getting rid of the spectrum. We're getting rid of the two ends of the spectrum. We're just saying, Hey, we're all the same. We don't, you don't need to be male. I don't need to be female, gender neutral bathrooms. I mean, we're in the, the middle of the gender war. It's such a weird time. It is a weird time. I, um, 
I, I, I really am. I, I, I would be intrigued to know how, because it's two guys. I definitely feel that way. And, um, and yet I, I, I want to give credence to the, the female listeners who may be tuning in who are like, hey, they're really not that different. And so what would you Who's say to that different? person? Men and women. I mean, they're, sure, there's, there may be strength differences, but today in society, we don't live in an agrarian, agricultural society where, you know, if you can lift the, the re- rice bag the highest, then you're going to really be the most uh, successful. And so today we've kind of leveled the playing field and, uh, and men and women are not that different, right? What would you say to that? I'd say that there depends on what you mean <laughs> relative to what I mean. Or is there in anything comparing to in comparison to um, you know two objects that are? I mean, they're both humans, and yet they're very different um, in the in the way that they were built, uh, in the way that they think, uh, in the way that their anatomy, their reproductive organs, uh-huh. um, the roles that that they can play. Um, they're very different. I mean, there are, there are going to be a lot of things that most females will be much better at than I will be. And that's just the truth. Totally. Um, what are some of the things that you think women would be thinking if they heard that statement or what I'm kind of reaching cause I'm not a girl. I don't have the, uh, mm-hmm. the feelings that maybe what statement can get triggered of like, Hey, um, men and women are very different and men are stronger, uh, physically, certainly emotionally. You could make the case that they're stronger, uh, they're less affected by their emotions. Maybe it would be a better way of saying that rather than stronger emotionally. What does that even mean? David J. Marvin at Yahoo. At Yahoo.com, <laughs> which is not me. Sorry, buddy, whoever you are. Uh, yeah. uh, it, what else would you add? It's hard to represent the whole female population, but I'll do my best. I think I think why This is it, be... ladies and gentlemen. She's speaking for every woman <laughs> this everywhere. This is really challenging. Uh, I think there's, a, there's something you can hear when you say they're different. That sounds like they're more capable or they're more competent or they're more – and it, when you're comparing a whole gender against another gender, it can feel like competitive and that someone has to come out on top. And I don't think – you know, I think it's what you guys have already mentioned before. It's role and rank and no one's better than someone else. We just have different roles. Our ranking is the same. Um, but it can sound like it can sound aggressive to be like, oh, they're different, and because we're stronger, we're we're more this, we're more that, and it's like, well, we just have different strengths, and it doesn't it doesn't really need to be a comparison or they're more capable. Why do you think it is that when you say men and women are different, I almost hear you saying people here, men are better. Yeah. If I read between the lines, that's what I heard. Yeah. And, and well, correct it if that's. I think that's it's because when you no. mention things like, oh, they're stronger. Uh-huh. Or they're they can handle their emotions better, and I think in their in people's minds they they often think, well, I know this one person who's not that way, and Be- and they pull out individuals and better is not the right word there. It's different. It's not better because in the same way that um you you know and you you do generalize an entire uh, demographic of of sexes and uh, which is always dangerous, but um but to handle their emotions better, I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh, is is not better because in some ways it makes them more calloused and they're they're less in touch with their feelings and yeah. they, they can't show compassion or empathy or sympathy. They're they're not as uh, good at nurturing, and so we're speaking generalization. So the, the the person always wants to grab the anomaly. Well, this guy is really in touch with his emotions. He's a great nurturer and this and that. And I said, awesome. And there's a reason you went to that guy because he's an exception to the the general. Uh, yeah. Audience, if you will, and so we're we're talking 
that generally men and women are different, and generally we all, any logical person, could lift out, list out those differences. But, but my question was not why are they different or better or not. I, I don't know if you heard it. I said when you say they're different, people, it's almost as though they hear men are a better. That's crazy. But well, I think what? that's what people hear. Stop, stop hearing that. Like, I mean, if if I was if I meant better, I'd say better. But um, but they're they're not better. They're different, and that's what we we talked about last time. Is just um, they they play a different role while they're equal in rank. And so, and then a lot of let's be honest. Here's where this comes from. It's an it's a correction to a lot of men have oppressed women, use their strength to take advantage of them, to objectify them, and. Um, and uh, and to to use them for their own benefit and pleasure. And here's what I would say to that man: it's it's First Thessalonians chapter four verse six. It says, "No one should take advantage of a sister in this way. God is the avenger of such things. Like God is going to um, to judge those things." And so I'm not. That's not a statement of salvation. But you, if you are taking advantage of a woman, I hope you're running scared. I hope you repent. I hope you ask for forgiveness. I hope you stop. I hope you seek healing if it's because of something that's happened to you or or it's a habit or an addiction. Like you, you need to get well. That it is not going to go uh, well for you in that. So, so I, ju- I just think you know we said last time when we we're talking about women, men need to use their gifts to serve. Uh, to care for, to cherish, um, you know that that's the thing that's lost. I think of um, you know that that message, the the five C, um, five C's of love, the way a man loves a woman, you know, and um, just just what does it look like to to be committed, to cherish, uh, to have a clear conscience, and such things, and so to walk through that. So the church is predominantly, at least in America, is predominantly women. Uh, women outnumber men. I think it's something like six to four, maybe even be seven to three, in terms of active attendance. You know, you always hear the the caricature of the mom who's bringing the kids to church on Sunday, but dad's at home watching the football game. And and so why? This is a philosophical, more high level question. Why is the church lost men? Not watermark, but just kind of the church in general. Uh, because the church is apathetic and passive, and there's a there's a cry in in a man's heart to be courageous. And um, you know, to be a part of a movement, the and the church is the greatest movement the world has ever known. But today, there's so many dying churches, and we're playing a game. It's a facade. We're fake. We're we're not real. Nobody's sharing their struggles from the pulpit. I say nobody. I I think we are. But um, uh, there's a famous Norman Rockwell painting where the the mother is is leading the charge, taking the her two daughters uh, out the door to church. They're clearly in their Sunday's best. Uh, the dad is slumped down in his recliner, reading the paper in his robe and slippers, hasn't gotten ready for church, obviously not going as they're walking out the door. He's kind of hiding, if you will, slumped down in the recliner. And if you look at the boy, the, the boy's in the back of the line as the mom leads the charge to church, the boy's eyes are on the father. And um, and so I think it's a it's generational sin, if you will. Um, we've, we've, that's what we've seen modeled for us, and there's no heroic vision, courageous call from the pulpit to yeah. come be a part of the greatest force, the greatest movement the world has ever known. Yeah, which is a tragedy. I mean, not in the church, but even in culture, in both, I guess you could say. Men are absent from the conversation. They're absent in the home, you know, like 50% or close to it of children are being raised in homes without a dad. That's crazy. And... um and just society is 
we're, we're experiencing the crumbling of it because um, we've lost the we've lost manhood, biblical manhood. Yeah. So you you ran down some lists earlier, and I just I'd love to elaborate on some of them. You know, you started your li- that list uh, from uh, Welcome to Adulting with honest, and so I just think men need to be marked by integrity. And so, so often we want freedom, and a lot of times in our pursuit of freedom, we want freedom from integrity, freedom to get away with sin. And that is a child, that's a little boy, that is not a man. Uh, we should be marked by kindness in the way that we love others, selflessness in the way that we serve. The scriptures are going to call us to be selfless. And so if you're going to be a husband and lead a family and, and father a child um, and, and cherish a woman, uh, you need to practice selflessness, selfless leadership today. Diligent is another character trait uh, from Proverbs 12, verse 24, that you're a hard worker. That that um, that you have a work ethic that that you don't just start something, stop and jump to the next, but that you've learned to sit in the grind and and to work hard to work the fields. You're patient. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, uh, a lot, what I do in marriage is a lot of waiting. Uh, if I'm honest, I mean, waiting for. Um, my kids to come downstairs, you know, waiting for my wife to get ready. And so there's, you know, patience is something that needs to mark the man of God. And then we are called to be courageous, to courageously stand against evil. Uh, The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good men to sit and do nothing. And so I hope courage marks us. And then with all of those things, as, um, is, is as a strong man, as someone, uh, with power. We don't wield that power. We're also gentle. We're caring. We're compassionate. We're sweet. We're sensitive and gentle to our wife uh, or to a woman or to, you know, coworkers, to anybody that we don't just go around wielding our courage in a way that's abusive or oppressive. And all of these are, are cloaked in the committed to Christ. If we're committed to Christ, those things come naturally out of our lives. So how would you encourage uh, a guy to continue to develop his um, j- just godly men? What would you tell young adult men that want to continue to grow in godliness, some practical steps to take. First, consider, hey, what is it? What what are skills necessary to be a godly husband and a godly father? So as I raise kids, just think about it and reverse engineer that, meaning be, think about the job description and start to say, okay, what are traits I want to learn between now and then? Um, a practical step you can take is be discipled. If you learn God's Word, if God has given us all wisdom through the through the Scriptures, learn the Bible, learn what it says, learn what it teaches. Ask an older man to disciple you, to mentor you. Uh, thirdly, make sure you're in community, um, that you're you're doing life on life with other guys your age who are, are not afraid of you. They're going to sharpen you. They're going to speak truth to you. Like as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And with that, you want to take that community one step further. Have roommates. You know, live with really dysfunctional people <laughs> that will that will prepare you for marriage. And that's not a jab at women. Uh, that's a that's a jab at humanity. <laughs> we are all dysfunctional and. And um, we conflict with each other. So I'm not saying get female roommates. I'm saying get male roommates. Uh, live with other guys who are messy and, and um, don't clean up after themselves and that you have to resolve conflict with. That will, that will train you uh, for the future well. And then, stay, and then, and then uh, fifthly, stay in a bad job. And what I mean by that is, is don't jump from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Uh, sit in the grind and learn a skill. Um, one of the diligence was one of those character traits. And so mm-hmm. what does it look like to develop a skill that that's going to support a family later? If you just jump in something until it's hard and then you jump out, you never really learned a skill. You never learned a discipline that sharpens that skill. 
So those are some things right off the top of my head. That's good. I love it, man. Uh, to your point, or I think that maybe a good place to end is the way that you restore biblical masculinity is one man at a time. Is me right. owning myself, saying, "Hey, I'm going to pursue Christ, love my wife, be in community, be open and transparent about uh, my sin, and um, be devoted to Him. Seek to be diligent, do the hard thing, and um, practice long obedience in the same direction. And we change it one man at a time. Yeah, draw a circle around yourself and change everything inside of it. Love it, man. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, so great to be with you guys. This is Views from the Porch, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Peace. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.